Well, Leslie, Americans love remodeling home sweet home. Do you know it's a $150 billion a year industry? But are you remodeling to pump up your resale price or to settle in for the long term? Well, before you shell out several thousand bucks, plan accordingly. Read our guidelines for making your remodeling project pay off when you hit MoneyPit.com. Just click on Ideas and Tips, then click Repair and Improve. And for answers to any home improvement or home repair questions, give us a call right now, 888-MONEYPIT. Floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call now with your home improvement question. Call now with your do-it-yourself dilemma. The number is easy to remember. 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Or log on to our website at moneypit.com. Coming up this hour, we're going to teach you the one critical component that can mean the difference between a dry house and a very leaky roof. We're also going to tell you how to cook up a design plan for your kitchen that eliminates bending down to reach an oven or even reaching across the front burners to reach those back ones. And also this hour, one lucky caller we talked to is going to win a RYOBI One Plus right angle grinder. It's worth 100 bucks. So call us right now. 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's first? Listening in on WABC, we've got Karen from Teaneck, New Jersey. How can we help you here at the Money Pit? Well, I'm curious about something. We just had a roof replaced, and I was wondering, they took off at least 30 feet of copper. What do they use in place of copper? I couldn't get a definitive answer from the contractor. So this is the copper flashing around the chimney and places like that? Yeah, but there there were two huge sections. Well, probably that would have been either around the chimneys or other protrusions. And in those cases, um, there are other materials that could be used. For example, there's a roofing material that's called roof detail membrane that's made by Grace. That's like a high-tech synthetic flashing material. The other place that they would probably not use copper any longer would be in the valleys. These are the intersections between two different planes of the roof. Do you have a lot of those, Karen, intersecting places on the roof? We have a few, yes. That's probably where most of this came out of, and there are different ways to do valleys. You can do valleys with metal flashing, or you can do valleys where you weave the shingles, sort of um, overlap them from side to side. Is one better than the other? Yeah. Um, actually, the weave is probably going to be more durable. Oh, really? Th- yeah, then the, because you have more material there. The, the flashing can last a long time. I mean, the copper flashing can last a long time, but I find very often that there are critical mistakes made because, first of all, most of the roofers are not using copper anymore for whatever reason. Those that are sometimes make errors. Like, for example, they'll put in too long of a piece. When you put metal flashing in a valley, you have to be very careful to only attach it on one side, and you can only use pieces that are like maybe no longer than 8 to 10 feet and have them overlap. And the reason for that is because there's a lot of expansion and contraction, and it actually um, sort of bends the metal as you keep expanding and tracking and expanding and contracting and you will actually put like sort of a stress crack in the in 
Yeah, it opens right up. So I think the weave is probably just fine, and that's most likely that plus the fact that they may have used like a, a synthetic roofing uh, flashing material around the Tom, protrusions. Tom, do you think it's important that Karen sort of pursue this with the roofing installer to find out what was used or just sort of let it go? Well, I certainly think that you deserve to know, and it, it should not be that difficult a question to answer as I just speculated on what might be the answers. But, you know, ask them where the flashing come out of and what it was it replaced with. And this way, you know, but those are probably the areas. Janet in Michigan, what can we do for you today? Well, I have uh, cracks that have formed. I had some outside work done on uh, my 15-year-old house last year. And uh, first I thought it might be from settling, but then I realized, no, these have formed after the, after the house is long settled. Well, tell me where you see them. Well, do you know where two uh, walls come together and form a point? Into the room. Okay. Okay. It's about an inch and a half from that that pointed area. Okay. What that is is that's the um, the uh, drywall tape loosening up because the this is an inside corner, correct? It's the corner is pointing at me, not away. All from right. Me. So it's an outside corner. So what you're looking at is the metal corner beam. That's what I thought, but I don't know how to fix it. Well, it's very easy. Um, what you want to do is re-nail that corner bead. You would use some drywall nails, which have big heads. And so secure it because it's going to be loose. You want to nail it in a bunch of places. And the trick of corner beads is that you, you want to sink the nail into it so it's below the surface of the outside corner. That assures that you can cover it with spackle. So you're just going to have to put a few more nails in that and then re-spackle it and you'll be fine. Nothing to worry about there. That's pretty much normal expansion and contraction. It happens all the time. Terrific. Janet, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Linda in Mississippi, how can we help you today? Uh, I'm interested in, uh, I've got a pink bathroom, and I wanted to update it to sell the house. And I wanted to know if there was something I could do to the tile floor without having to take the tile up. Uh, well, you could cover it. <laughs> you, have, you, have pink floor, you have pink floor tiles now, Linda? Yeah, uh, extra pink and white. <laughs> well, why don't you put a? Why don't you? Well, oh, you have pink and white tiles. Yeah, I've been there, done that, seen that. Is there a way that you can redecorate around that, Leslie, and make it acceptable to retain the pink and white? Yeah, but it seems like uh, that Miss Linda is over the pink and white. Why not install a laminate floor right on top of the tile? That's an option. Yeah, that wouldn't be too expensive, and you could do that yourself. It's pretty easy to install. Talking cleaning with Sandra in Texas. How can we help you? Uh, my husband and I have recently moved into a house that we purchased, and the owner had refinished the hardwood floors and then somebody did some plaster work and has dropped either plaster or cement or books in various places on the floor and I'd like to know how to get it off. Very carefully. If the floors were pre were refinished, um, I think with a plastic trowel, you might have a shot at scraping some of that away. And then what you're going to want to use is a very fine abras abrasive pad like a scotch pad. Uh -huh. and uh, try to uh, rub it very carefully using small sort of circular motions like you're buffing your car to try to get the rest of it out. You could also try some rubbing compound if you get down to having just a little bit left. And then once you're done, uh, you may find that the floor in that area is a little duller than the surrounding areas, and you could combat that with some paste wax, but it, have to be, it has to be floor paste wax because it's not slippery. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Ruth in Brooklyn, New York, forget about it. She listens on WABC. What can we do for you? I have had wallpaper in my bathroom for at least 20 years. Okay. And all the scenes have opened, and I have tried to um, seal them back with uh, various kinds of glues, and they 
just don't stay that way. Well, Ruth, have you thought about replacing the wallpaper after 20 years? It might be time. <laughs> yes, I have thought about it, but I'm concerned to uh, to see what's underneath. Oh, you know, it's an adventure, Ruth. I'll tell you what, if you're looking for a, a product that can help repair loose seams in wallpaper, Zinser, Z-I-N-N-S-E-R, makes a product called Sure Grip Seam and Repair Adhesive. It sells for about 4 bucks a tube comes in like two ounce tubes and it's designed specifically to repair those places where the wallpaper is loosening up especially at the seams you know what else ruth you could try especially since it's fabric coated wallpaper is it predominantly fabric or is it like a paper on the front and then a fabric on the back yes you can try because you can temporarily apply fabric to your wall as wallpaper if you put it up with starch so if you find that nothing is working it's not sticking Take some starch, you know, make the starch mixture so it's in the liquid form, and then just roll it over the seam. That could work, too. Try the real product first, but always know that starch will help. Ruth, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Linda in Clearwater, Florida. You are up. What can we do for you? Yes. Hi. Well, um, I'm curious about when I flush my commode. Sometimes it takes 30 seconds, maybe even 45 seconds for it to actually do the flushing part, you may push down on the handle, walk out of the bathroom, and then all of a sudden hear it, you know, flushing. Huh. <laughs> and, and if you're um, watching the bowl, does it, does it still, like, is it like, a, you know, a wash pot never boils? I have, to, I have to hold down on the handle to it. I count to two and a half. And then I'll walk out of the bathroom and... It, it waits. It's motion censored. It waits for you to leave. How old is your toilet, do you know? I don't know. We just bought the house a year ago, and the house is about 22 years old. You know what? It's probably the original toilet. If you open up the lid and flip it upside down, you'll find a date stamp on a toilet. Sometimes it's preceded by a, a, a letter. But I'm suspecting that it's just an older toilet with a standard flush and fill valve. I would just replace the flush and fill valves. Linda. They're very inexpensive. Um, I'd go out and get a set of, of Fluid Master replacement valves. Probably cost you about 15 bucks. Pretty easy to install yourself. Well, even, you know, you mentioned Fluid Master. Their website, which I believe is just fluidmaster.com, has detailed instructions. And even if you scroll over, yeah, there's like an, an architectural detail of a toilet tank. And if you scroll over the areas, it'll be like, this is what's wrong and this is how you fix it. So if you want to do it yourself, it's super empowering because it's a simple plumbing project and it really makes you feel very good about it. That sounds like a great idea. As long as you can turn the water valve off, you're in good shape. Hey, home improvement enthusiasts, now you can call in your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just call that magic number, 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. It's one of the top 10 questions we get on this program every single week. How do I stop my roof from leaking? Coming up, we're going to give you the one critical component that can mean the difference between a leaky roof and a very dry, comfortable house and even the worst weather. That's next. 888-MONEY-PIT. Mold is in your house. Chances are it's breeding behind your walls. In fact, it's been estimated that 70% of all homes could have mold in their wall cavities, particularly when moisture is present. Fortunately, there's an ingenious new way to fight the problem. You see, until now, drywall had paper on both sides, and mold eats paper, which is why more people are insisting on a new paperless drywall called Dens Armor from Georgia Pacific. Unlike conventional paper-faced drywall, Dens Armor has glass mat facings on both sides, 
and no paper on the surface means one less place for mold to get started. It's that simple and that revolutionary. If you are building or remodeling, stop feeding mold by using Dens Armor. To find out more, go to stopfeedingmold.com or ask about it at your local building supply retailer. Give your home an attraction that reaches all the way to the curb at a Classic Craft fiberglass entryway from Thermatru. Classic Craft, a stunning AccuGrain technology, captures all the beauty and luxury of premium hardwood, but won't split, crack, or rot. Add a sparkling custom touch with decorative glass door tiles, side lights, and transom, too. When you do, studies show your home's perceived value rises as much as 6%. Let the curb appeal of a Classic Craft entryway enhance your home's look and value. Visit Thermatrue.com. Table saw. 18-volt drill driver. 8-piece combo kit. You don't have to just wish you had the power tools you really want. With RYOBI, you can actually afford them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. And they sound really good, too. RYOBI. Exclusively at the Home Depot. I want to keep my home for as long as I can because there are a lot of memories here. I read a little bit about making my house more comfortable and wanted to make my mom's house safer, too. AARP told me about making mom's bedroom door wider and taping down her floor rugs. And I added handrails to our staircases. It was all simple and inexpensive thanks to AARP's tips. Now our homes fit our lifestyles and are ready for years to come. To bring comfort, safety, and a future to any home, visit us online at aarp.org slash home design. Dad, can you make sure there are no monsters under my bed? Anything for you, princess. Don't forget the dust mites in my pillow. Uh, and the pollen, spores, and bacteria in the air. Uh, I'll cast a magic spell to make them disappear. Dad, this isn't a fairy tale. We need an April Air High Efficiency Air Cleaner to trap up to 99% of the harmful particles from our air. There's even an April Air Electronic Air Cleaner that traps viruses. Protect your family from bacteria, viruses, and other airborne impurities with an April Air High Efficiency Air Cleaner. April Air, the best in indoor air comfort. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we make good homes better. Do you have a good home that needs perhaps a bit of home improvement advice? Call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Because one caller we talked to this hour is going to win a great prize that can help with those home improvement projects. It's a right-angle grinder from RYOBI, part of their popular OnePlus line. All the power tools in this line can run off the same battery and charger. And we're going to give it away to one caller to 1-888-MONEYPIT. Okay, Tom. So before the break, we were talking about roofs and the layers of the roof and the things that are really important to keep your roof dry and your home dry. Leak-free is the key. So what is the key question? What is a roofing underlayment? Alex, for 1,000, what is a roofing underlayment? (laughs) (laughs) Well, a roofing underlayment, and hopefully everybody knows and you're learning more with us every day, it's typically those sheets of material that are installed under any roof coverings, for example, your shingles or your tiles, because this is going to be the added protection from water infiltration. You know, shingles or other roofing coverings are not enough to prevent water from penetrating your roof and creating an extensive bit of damage to your home. You really do need that extra layer of protection. 
protection. Absolutely. That's why you need to have a premium roofing underlayment, not just basic tar paper. You know, there's a brand new product by Grace that we saw at the International Builder Show. It's called TriFlex Extreme. It's a synthetic material that is slip resistant, wet or dry. Which is great for the workers. Yeah, exactly, because it's much safer to work on the surface. You know, they had a very steep slope of this stuff set up at the Builder Show, and you were able to walk straight up it. In fact, I saw a photo of a roofer standing on a 12 by 12 pitch roof. That's a 45 degree pitched roof with this stuff underfoot. And he wasn't obviously slipping. Now, we don't recommend that for everyone, yeah, totally. but it proves the point that slip resistance is key. And it's also very, very strong. It's not going to tear away from nails or any other fasteners, even in the highest wind. So this is great regardless what part of the country that you're in. If you want some more information about the TriFlex Extreme or even any of Grace's family of weather barriers for roofs, windows, doors, and decks, everything is going to keep you leak-free. Check out their website. It's very, very helpful. www.graceathome.com. Check it out. Or call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. What are you doing? What are you working on? We know you got a question. Pick up the phone right now. Leslie, who's next? Gene listening in on WPRO from Cranston, Rhode Island. What can we do for you? I need some help with a bump out. Um, we have a 12-foot bump, um, long bump out in the back of our house. We have a colonial. It goes out about 25 inches off the house. And um, we had our builder insulate it, but the, we have hardwood floors in our kitchen, and it's just very, very cold. We have a dishwasher in our kitchen sink. Um, it's basically the length of our kitchen counter, and it just is very cold. It seems like the cold air is coming in, and I need help because the dishwasher in the sink is there. There's one little heating vent below the sink, which kind of keeps those pipes okay, but I'm just worried about the cold air with the dishwasher. So when you say bump out, do you mean like a cantilever of the floor system that overhangs the foundation in that area? Um, it overhangs the foundation. Yeah. It's a cantilever design with a floor joist overhang. Now, you say you builder insulated it. Did he insulate the floor joist area underneath that kitchen countertop area? There's this the section that's extended. I'm sure he insulated the walls, but did they insulate the floor joist area? They had come back to insulate it, um, but I don't think that it's good enough. And I was wondering if there was a better insulation product or something else that we could do for that area. Well, I mean, you need to make sure that those every one of those bays is filled up to the brim with insulation. Now, you can't compress it. You don't want to overstuff it because that could be an issue. But you definitely want to make sure it's all filled up. The second thing is you're going to have a lot of drafts in there. So you have to do a really good carpentry job of putting some sort of a soffit material over that. And even so far as to caulk all of the seams of it so no air gets around it. You know, you have an additional exposed surface there. You have the exterior walls, which are exposed, but now you have the floor where the cold gets underneath. And the two of those together is what's causing these issues. I will tell you that it's never going to be as warm as an area of your house that's not bumped out, but you probably can make it warmer if you do a really good job insulating. If you're going to take the soffit material off it's there now and pick, pull the insulation out, you can also seal up any gaps in the framing with great stuff, the expandable foam uh, spray insulation. Mm -hmm. spray that in there first, seal up the gaps, and then put the insulation in, and then re-soffit it and caulk all of the seams. And that's going to be the best you can do. Perfect. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Art in Indiana is doing some work in the bath. How can we help? Yes. Um, I am going, uh, tearing out uh, uh, some old ceramic tile over an old lath and plaster uh, wall in a bath, in a shower, and I'm wondering what the right way to prepare the wall uh, for putting the ceramic tile back. In particular, is there any type of waterproofing I should put over any drywall that I use to repair the old lath and plaster uh, wall that was underneath the ceramic tile? Are, are you taking the old wall out completely, Art? 
Yes, I'm going down to the, the bare studs and uh, then going don't, back don't, with don't uh, use waterproof drywall. But I read somewhere where I should put some sort of waterproofing. Don't use drywall. Okay. That would be a big mistake. You want to use a tile backer that's called Den's Armor. Okay. There's a there's a version of uh, Den's Armor, Leslie. I think it's designed specifically for dials. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I think it's I think it's simply called the Den's Armor Tile Backer. Yep. And it's the same principle that they use for their Den's Armor drywall, which has a fiberglass facing. Except this is really made to really take a lot of moisture, which is what you're going to get. Because even though you're putting tile on top of a moisture-proof product, the grout lines are still going to you know suck in a lot of water and put it to that bottom surface. So you want to make sure it's really something that can get wet. Yes. Yeah, like a uh, cement board or something of that effect. Yeah, and it's like that. It's right. It's a replacement product for that, but it's better. And, you know, Art, you're going to go through all the work of uh, pulling off this old tile and, and the old uh, plaster lath. You certainly want to put something on that's just as durable as what you had to, to start with. Most definitely. It's, it's, it's a major, it's it's a a major demolition, and exactly. I want it to last uh, when we go back with something new. Well, if you use the Dens product, it will last. All right. Well, I certainly appreciate it. Listen to your show, and we have quite a bit of good information. Thanks, Art. Thank you, Art. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Sheila's fridge has issues in Florida. Hopefully we can straighten them out. What's going on? Um, I have my refrigerator, and the, the freezer part, it's like it won't even freeze my ice trays, so I don't know what's wrong with it. It's like, I don't know, anything I put up there, it doesn't freeze. How old is this refrigerator freezer? It's not that old. It's probably like two years. And so... Uh, it just won't freeze the ice, or it won't freeze anything. It won't freeze nothing. Hmm. And okay. how's the fridge so side? up there, and within two days, it's still not frozen. Nothing's freezing. Okay, and you've checked the thermostat. Yeah. It sounds like it may have a leak in the refrigerant line. If it's not cooling enough, you may be losing a refrigerant. And that could be either a repair or replacement issue. Did it ever freeze, or did it just... Oh, yeah, it did. When I, like when I first bought it, I mean, it froze. You probably have a leak in the refrigerant. You're going to have to have a, a refrigerator repairman check it and check the refrigerant level and make sure that it is uh, pressurized. Because if you get a small leak, it could take some time, and that refrigerant could leak out. And if that's the case, it's just not going to get cold enough. The other thing that could go wrong is the compressor. But if you've got some temperature, it's probably not it. It's probably more in the in the in the uh, cycle of the refrigerant. Well, even if you wanted a sort of self-diagnose, there's a great website called RepairClinic.com. You can put in the type of refrigerator that you have, and it'll give you a cue of sort of questions to say that'll lead you to like what's going wrong with this. And you say freezer does not work, and it can kind of recommend you perhaps parts that might be done that need to be replaced or certain items that'll help you, you know, sort of establish what might be going on and see if you can't fix it on your own. All right, Sheila, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Hey, Money Pit listeners, now you can have a little Tom and Leslie to go. No, we're not pint-sized, but you can download our popular podcast. All you have to do is go to moneypit.com and check out the listen section. Our podcasts are free, and you can even search them by topic. Coming up next, tips to keep termites and other wood destroyers out of your home. We want to keep it off the menu. Find out how after this. You live in a Money Pit. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by Dense Armor Plus, the revolutionary paperless drywall from Georgia Pacific. 
Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, making good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. All right, let's talk termites. You know, they can cause thousands of dollars of damage in your home. Yeah, and a lot of times without you even knowing it. Now, have you ever had a termite swarm? Uh, I've not seen it, but I've seen remnants by those little glassy wings. It's ugly. It's ugly. When they attack your house, they are everywhere at the same time. So here's some advice to keep your house off the menu. First, avoid wood to soil contact, especially with your firewood. Don't stack it up against the house on the ground. You're basically giving the termites a ladder to kind of climb through the firewood. And then you'll nicely bring them right into the house. Right in. You're <laughs> laying out the red carpet for them. You know, second, get yearly pest inspections. I can tell you, I was a home inspector for almost 20 years, and I have seen my share of termite infestations. And guess what? They're hard to spot. you got to look for them all the time to know how to spot them because they do their work in invisible areas. So get a pro to inspect your house once a year. It doesn't have to cost a lot of money. It's it's really well worth it. And if you do get termites, have your home treated with an undetectable termiticide. What does that mean? Well, that means the stuff that they spray around the soil cannot be detected by termites. This is good because it means that they go through it and they come out of it and they carry it back to their nest and spread it to the rest of the termites and that takes care of them. They're gone. No questions asked. So those are some tips for controlling termites around your house. But what about all the rest of the wood destroyers, Tom? What about the powder post beetles? What about the dreaded carpenter bees? It's like bees? you read my mind, Tom. I was thinking that exactly. And the carpenter ants. You know, they eat a lot of houses, too. Coming up in the next edition of the Money Pit Free e-newsletter, we'll have tips on how to control all sorts of wood destroyers around your house, especially the dreaded powder post beetle. Boy, they can really turn a house to dust, literally. That's coming up in the next edition. Not a subscriber? We'll go online and get it right now. It's at moneypit.com. And our phone number, one eight 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 Money Pit, is open right now. So let's get back to the phones. Leslie, who's next? All right, Danny in Virginia. What's going on at your Money Pit? How can we help? Oh, it's not bad. A lot of money going in it, though. All right. Well, that's what we're here for. What's going on? Oh, uh, I was just curious. Uh, is it actually worth having the duct system clean? Because I don't think it's ever been done. I don't necessarily think it's worth having it clean unless there's been such a, uh, somewhat of a major event like there's been a big addition put on or something else that stirred up a, a big stinking mess inside the ducts. More importantly, I would take that money and put it into the right kind of air cleaner. You want to make sure that you have something more than the uh, fiberglass filter that's the sort of the basic component of most HVAC systems. What I would recommend is a whole house air cleaner, one that's permanently installed into the return duct, one that's going to take out dust and mold and virusized particles. Even allergens. Yeah, even now, April Air makes a really good one that was ranked tops by Consumer Reports for the last three years. It's in their April Air Model 5000. So you might want to look for an air cleaner like that. That's where I'd put the money. I wouldn't spend it cleaning the ducts unless you've had some major remodeling project go on that really caused them to get very, very dirty. And it, and it doesn't really matter how old the house is? Not really. I, I just I necessarily I don't necessarily think it's a good idea. I I don't really see a reason for it. I would rather see you. Do you think it can be disruptive the to the whole ducting system? I don't know. If that would be disruptive. It probably would stir up a probably a bunch of dust that's caked on there right now. But I just don't see a reason for it. I'd rather make sure that you have a good air cleaning technology in the system right now, so it really filters everything that you're putting in there. I'll tell you what. I put one of these April air units in my house, and all of a sudden we weren't dusting nearly as much. So I know the thing works very well. Okay. All right. Because, yeah, I mean, I can dust, and then, you know, a day later, it doesn't even look like I've dusted. <laughs> yeah. What kind of filter do you have right now in the HVAC system? Um, well, there was an electronic cleaner, an old one in there, and it's not, it's not even in it anymore. So I'm just using, like, the, uh, you know, the $15, $18 filter that's supposed to be better than just your dollar filter. And how often are you changing it? 
Uh, about every month or two. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it's doing the job. You know, very often you get air that escapes around that, especially if you have uh, the opening from an old electronic air cleaner. I would have one properly fit and go back to that. That's clearly the most effective way because what happens is with an electronic air cleaner, the dust particles are charged positive, the filter is negative, so it really sticks to it. It's very, very effective at scrubbing the air clean. And the filter that they use, their, um, their media is 72 linear feet of filter all stacked up into one. So it really is a ton of filtration, and you only change it once a year. Yeah, Leslie and I got a chance to see these things made, and they're very impressive. Okay. All right. Great. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Mackie in Jamestown, California. What's going on at your Money Pit? Well, too much that I don't like, <laughs> like mice and rats. Mice and rats. Not good. Not good at all. Fortunately, a handyman was here when I uh, turned the dishwasher on. He was in the bathroom doing the fixing, working my fixtures, and uh, I had the dishwasher going, and dishwasher flooded all over the floor. And I screamed, and he came and, and pulled it out, and the mice had, had chewed the back of it where oh. the water, that rubber thing in the oh, back man. of the dishwasher. Hmm. That can actually be dangerous. They can chew electrical wiring and, and cause shorts. All right, here's what you need to do. Um, first of all, you need to eliminate any areas around the outside of your house that could be considered a nesting area for mice or rats. Piles of wood for garbage a fireplace. Cans. Get the garbage cans away. Make sure they are lined and covered at all times. Um, don't leave piles of foliage or branches, anything that they want to burrow in. Secondly, inside the house, make sure all of your food storage is in secure, like metal cans, especially things like, for example, dog food. Canisters that close up. We, we find mice and rats will chew through you know, animal food bags all the time. So make sure that's all sealed up. And even at night, don't leave your pet's food out overnight. Pick it up, dump it out, put it back, whatever you want to do with it, but don't leave it sitting there overnight and wash the dishes. The next thing you want to do is get a rodenticide and put it in the areas where the mice are. Now, the rodenticides are poisons that the mice will eat and then have a heart attack and die. And they're very effective. They're very efficient. If you have pets, you need to make sure that you put the rodenticides inside a pet-proof container. They have special like bait stations where the mice can get in and the rats can get in, but the pets cannot get in. They're lockable. So that's one thing you want to be careful of if you have pets. Um, the other thing that you could do is set traps, but many people don't like to see the mice when they get caught in the trap. And so that's why the rodenticide is very effective. We've had mice here in my house from time to time over the years. And, and when they start to uh, come back, I just head down to the crawl space in the basement and the areas behind the kitchen counters and the places like that and throw some bait packets in there. And then they just disappear and I never see them again. You really got to look for places where they're getting in. So pull out everything under the sink. Look back there. Even the tiniest opening around a pipe, they can fit through. So fill them up with steel wool. Um, can they chew through great stuff or no? Oh, uh, yeah. Definitely foam, sure. So, but if you put some steel wool in with the great stuff, it'll be okay. And that's the expandable foam insulation. So really fill up everything. If, if it's an opening... That even if it seems too small, fill it anyway. It's better safe than sorry. Look at cracks where the floor meets the wall. Any sort of unusual space, whether it's flat, round, small, big, they're coming in through it. So just fill them up. You know, Mackie, a mouse only needs the size of like the circumference of a dime is the only is the size that a mouse needs to get into your house. So look for those really, really tiny holes and fill them up.
You are listening to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Well, in your mom's day, the stove and oven basically came in one design, and that was bad. But now you don't have to settle for bending and reaching when you're prepping your culinary masterpiece. That's right. We're going to help you cook up a design plan that's easy and fun to use after this. Money Pit! Somewhere, a guy is tossing his golf clubs into the water. But you, you'd rather build, say, a burled maple coffee table. RYOBI Woodworking Tools lets you do it. RYOBI gives you the power and precision you need to succeed at prices that help you get going. Of course, there's still some equipment involved, but it's power tools. And you don't have to wear those funny clothes to use them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. RYOBI, exclusively at the Home Depot. That's just beautiful. So AARP has a series of tips for homeowners who want to improve their homes, make them safer and more comfortable. And I found these tips on their website, aarp.org slash home design. In the bathroom alone, I widened the door, installed brighter light bulbs, and put non-slip surfacing on the floor tiles. Instead of wishing my house had improvements, I'm making them. To bring comfort, safety, and a future to any home, visit us online at aarp.org slash home design. When it's time to choose a new entryway for your home, choose the brand more building professionals prefer. Thermatru Doors. Thermatru pioneered the fiberglass door. Today, Thermatru Doors come in more styles and colors than any other brand. Classic Craft represents Thermatru's premium collection. Fiber Classic is Thermatru's original wood grain fiberglass door. Or choose Smooth Star Fiberglass for the look of smooth painted wood. But no matter which Thermatru entryway you select, you've chosen the most preferred name in the business. Visit Thermatrue.com. AOL's new real estate site has answers for just about everything a homeowner, buyer, seller, or renter may have. In fact, it's like they're reading your mind. Hello? Hello? Who said that? Me, down here. I'm AOL Real Estate. Got any questions about your house? Um, well, I feel a little strange talking to a website, but I do have a question about wooden siding. I live near a wooded area, and sometimes... Aluminum pie pans. I beg your pardon? Aluminum pie pans. Hang them from your eaves. Scares the bejeevers out of them woodpeckers. Wow, that's what I was thinking. Okay, I have a 60s-style bungalow, and every once in a while... Four-inch retro-style moisture-proof tile in your bath. Lose that wet dog smell. That was weird. Okay, concrete driveway and... Vapor permeable sealer. Makes spills yesterday. Pink paint. Lead composition. Stabilize with 3-in-1 primer. Paint over with an Aegean blue to match your eyes. I think I love you. AOL Real Estate. So smart, it's amazing. Go to realestate.aol.com to see our own answer man, Tom Kreitler, in action. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high-efficiency air cleaners. For more information, go to AprilAir.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. 
making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now. 1-888-MONEYPIT. One caller we talked to this hour is going to win a RYOBI right angle grinder. It features a four and a half inch wheel that's ideal for removing paint, rust, grinding steel, or polishing metals. And it's part of that popular 18 volt OnePlus system, which means the battery and the charger are interchangeable with any of the other OnePlus tools. It's worth a hundred bucks. So what are you waiting for? Call right now. one 888 Muddy Pit, you must be willing to come on the line and ask us your home improvement question. Well, before the break, we were talking about kitchen design and what makes smart design and why traditional stoves that we used to see, say, in your mom and your grandma's day, had the stove and the oven pretty much basically attached. And it's a lot of what you see still today. But you don't have to settle for your mom's kitchen, the kitchen of the past. Your oven doesn't have to be right near your cooktop. Instead, think about mounting your oven in the wall. That's going to get rid of any need to bend or stretch. And a lot of people don't know this. You can also get your oven to have a door that opens not from the top, but from the side, sort of swinging out like a microwave. If you have a door like that, it's going to help you get closer to the oven. So when you take foods in and out, you're not going to be reaching over something hot, that hot door on the floor that's even a trip hazard. And it's really going to help you to test a cake, baste a turkey, just get that dangerous door out of the trip zone. So it's a good idea to think about. Now, let's also talk about your cooktop. For that, you want to install it on a counter that's only 32 inches off the floor, slightly lower than the typical 36-inch counter. Would you like to sit down while you cook? Leave some knee space below the counter so you can pull a chair in close. That space should be 30 inches wide and about 27 inches tall. You can also put your cooktop on an island, then you'll be able to reach it from both sides. You know, a few design changes will help you cook up comfort and fun along with those meals. If you need some more great tips on these types of design ideas, visit aarp.com slash universal home. That's aarp.com slash universal home. Leslie, who's next? Listening in on WLBK from DeKalb, Illinois, we have Eileen. Welcome. How can we help? My son has moved into a brand-new apartment, and he decided to decorate his kitchen with these gel clings. He put them on his cabinet. Oh, but they're made for glass, right? Yes. Oh, no. So when he took them off, there's the stain and the outline of the cling. Okay, do you think it's an actual a dye transfer of this, uh, of this gel thing to the cabinet surface, or is it just like the glue and adhesive that's sort of stuck behind it's the dye because there's different colors. There's red, blue, purple, well, green. Then you're going to have to abrade it off. You're probably going to need... What are the cabinets made out of? Uh, it's uh, maple. So, But it's real maple. It's not like a laminate or... It's and it's light-colored? It's light-colored, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that she may need to use like a liquid sandpaper or something like that. Um, you know, one thing you could try... Uh, and I would try in the least conspicuous area, and that is a, a rubbing compound, the kind that you use in, on a car. It has a very, very fine pumice abrasive quality to it, and you may be able to rub it into that surface and see if you can abrade enough of the colorant off, enough of the dye off, to leave the door behind un unscathed. That would sort of be a first step. You're sort of going to start with the most gentle thing and work down to it. Have you tried, I know this sounds like simple and stupid, but the that, uh, Mr. Clean Magic Eraser, I don't know what it is, but it gets the strangest things off of things. It's basically just some sort of white sponge-like thing, but you have to buy the magic eraser, and then you just wet it a little bit. I've seen it get Sharpie, like solid marker off of drywall. I've seen it get dried up, you know, pasta sauce off of a wall. Not that I've spilled things like that, but maybe I have.
love. But seriously, try that because for two bucks at the supermarket, you could be saving yourself a whole bunch of headaches. Okay. Just give it a shot. You know, it's the least, the lesser of the evils. Unless you can get this off, you're going to end up refinishing the cabinets anyway. So we just don't want you to go too hard, too fast. Okay. All right, give it a shot. One eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Leslie, who's next? Fred in Connecticut. You've got the Money Pit. What can we do for you? Yes, my question was: uh, Is it necessary to drain the boiler down in order to uh, change your release valve? Um, yes, it is actually, because there is no valve between the boiler and the release valve for a very good reason. Because if there was a valve and you overpressured the boiler, it wouldn't have no way of getting to the release valve. So, yeah, you're going to have to drain the boiler down below that point to replace the uh, boiler pressure relief valve. Make sure when you replace the valve, Fred, that you put in the right size valve because boilers have much smaller valves. They're usually 30-pound valves compared to water heaters, which have 150-pound valves. So make sure you put the right one in so you stay safe. Fred, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Thanks for listening to The Money Pit. Up next, the best way to find replacement ceiling tiles. We'll be right back. You live in a money pit. Money pit. AARP is proud to sponsor The Money Pit. Visit www.aarp.org slash home design to learn more about making your home more functional and comfortable for years to come. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, did you hear a question today that made you say, that's exactly what I wanted to know? Would you like to hear the answer again? Well, you can. If you missed it, just go to moneypit.com and play it again. All of our recent shows are available online. They're all free. You can even search the transcript at moneypit.com. Now, something else at moneypit.com is the box to send us an email question. So let's jump into the email bag. Leslie, who's first? All right, we've got one here from a Kathy in Concord, New Hampshire, who writes, I need to replace some ceiling tiles in a 40-something-year-old house. How do I go about finding replacement tiles? Uh, A fine question. Any idea? Well, yeah, you know, in snooping around the Armstrong side, I do a lot of work with them. I love their products. I love their flooring options. They have a whole ceiling line. And ceiling tiles aren't just those traditional weird foamy plain ones that you see at the home center. There's actually a lot of decorative options and things that are beautifully detailed that really make you feel like, gosh, that's not a suspended ceiling. So check out armstrong.com. You might find something there that works exactly for the size of the grid that you have and you need. You never know what's there. So check it out, Kathy, or go to your home center they have standard ones there as well and typically the ceiling tile sizes have not changed in pretty much in the last 50 years or so you know the basic 12 by 12 tile is still available Mm -hmm. the two foot by two foot and two foot by four foot drop ceiling tile is still available and you know speaking of drop ceilings if you can't find the tile you can always put a new ceiling on top of it the drop ceilings today are just drop dead gorgeous i mean i cannot believe well and the tracks are so easy to install i mean really all you need is a laser level and, you know, an ability to follow that line and you're doing it yourself. So it's an easy project to tackle if you can't find the ones exactly that you love. All right. Here's an email from Frank in West Warwick, Rhode Island, listening to the Money Pit on WPRO. He says, I'm experiencing a problem with an efflorescence buildup on my foundation walls. What do you recommend I do to resolve the problem? 
Well, Frank, you are correct, sir. That white buildup that you're seeing is a mineral deposit, and it's also known as efflorescence. Luckily for you, Frank, it is very easy to clean. All you have to do to remove it is you can fill a little spray bottle with some white vinegar. It's probably the easiest way to apply it. Spray the stain. Let it sit. You're going to notice that stain dissolve. It really does a great job of getting rid of that sort of salt minerally deposit. Once it's gone, rinse it with some clean water just to help get rid of that vinegary scent, and it's gone, but you might have to keep maintaining it. Think about your drainage issues, though, and that'll keep that water from getting in. Yeah, exactly. Don't just deal with the symptom. Deal with the cause, and that is poor drainage because that efflorescence is basically forming when the water leaks through your walls, Frank, and then evaporates into your basement space and leaves its mineral salt deposits behind. That's what the efflorescence is. It's the salts. So what you should do Take a look at your grading, the angle of the soil around the foundation perimeter. Make sure it's sloping away from the walls. We like to see a slope of around six inches over four feet. Also, look at the soil. Make sure it's not topsoil. Make sure it's clean, filled dirt. And also take a look at those downspouts. Yeah, a lot of times it's amazing to me, number one, that people don't have gutters on their home and then wonder why there's water in the basement or just don't pay any attention to the gutters. Maintain them. Give them some tender love and care. Clean them out when you can. Not saying do it every day, but maintain them seasonally. And make sure those downspouts are depositing that water three to six feet away from your foundation. You are listening to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. And before we say goodbye, Leslie, I think it's time for a take-home assignment. Oh, really? I love yes. homework. Go Do on. you have a wet basement? Are you Not wondering? Anymore. It's right. We fixed yours. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Are you wondering how much paint you might need? Whatever your home repair or home improvement question is, the answer is at your fingertips 24-7 at moneypit.com, where you'll find just about everything we've ever written about home improvement. You can even search by topic. It's all available and free at moneypit.com. Sign up for our free e-newsletter. We'll even deliver it to your doorstep every single Friday Yeah, morning. but watch out. Tom's got a bad throw. He breaks windows all the time. <laughs> Only my newspaper kid does. I'm Tom Kreitler. <laughs> and I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Hey, 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 money pit.